Well, hello, America. This is your host, Mark Dunnigan, and here we are with the Daily Answer. As I noted oh, recently on a program, I don't watch really much television anymore, if any, and I really try to limit my um, my internet um, time on the internet. You know, get on. Uh, I will do my podcast. I will... Um, just check kind of what's going on in the news a little bit, check my emails, and then get off it, get on with my life. But I tell you what, a story that did tend to catch my attention was the disaster that struck the Titan submersible with Ocean Gate. And I don't know, it just, I've been dwelling on that, thinking about that, and I just have a number of takeaways that just kind of stuck in my mind. The first is that with any story, it just seems like anymore, there's a lot of initial speculation early on, theories being tossed about, people making their comments or whatever. You know, there were there were stories about they were hearing knocking and things like that, that there were people down there kind of, you know, knocking at these intervals. And um, but it's always best to allow the story to play out. And so I guess just with a, with a story like that, just be careful about jumping on it, jumping on a particular bandwagon or a point of view on that earthly story. Because uh, I notice as the story gets flushed out, um, some of the initial reporting is not accurate. Okay. We, we, just, we just live in a culture where people are so hungry for the latest information and where the people writing stuff are tempted not to take their time and not to wait, not to wait for all the details, but just so they can snag an audience, you know, say something. So, and I don't like that. I don't like that. I just wish if, uh, hey, research it, whatever, then tell us, then tell us what you know. I was impressed by the number of people as the story kind of came out the background people that knew about this had concerns about this now there there were actually people that wrote letters i think and reached out to the company say you know you shouldn't be taking passengers down in this it hasn't been tested it's experimental we're worried about well we're worried about something like this happening and and yet there were other people that said i should have said more i should have done more and it is to me it's an application to us as christians is it's always best to speak out to speak up especially when it comes to people's souls the things that can destroy people's souls and their physical lives because many of the things that can destroy your physical life equally can destroy your soul a lot of sins out there can destroy. A lot of attitudes out there can really mess up your earthly and eternal life. I'm just reminded of a statement over in First Timothy chapter 4, which talks about that there is some profit in bodily exercise. But then it says, godliness profits for all things, for the present life and the life to come. Godliness, righteousness, right living living according to scripture is going to help your marriage it's going to help your parenting 
It's going to help your mental life. It's going to help your finances. It's going to help at times your physical health. It's going to help your relationships and your friendships and on and on and on. Probably going to help you in your career too, in your employment, because you're going to be a better, more conscientious employee. You're not going to just be working when the boss is look, looking. But far more important than that, we can't remain quiet when people are doing things that's, that, that's going to blow up their life. When we see people like, hey, you hold on that that attitude, it's, it's going to mess up your kids. That attitude is going to destroy your marriage. Uh, you're burning bridges, okay? That attitude is going to make you mentally unstable. That attitude is going to condemn you in the end. And that behavior is going to condemn you in the end. So Ephesians 5.11 talks about do not participate in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather even expose them. When Jesus appeared to the apostle Paul in the book of Acts chapter 26, Jesus said to him, Here, here's, here's your job, rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from the darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. I want you to go and I want you to preach and preach the truth. Um, and I want you to rescue people from darkness. Something else struck me is the number of people that were supposed to be on that trip, like had a seat or, or were contemplating it, maybe had put down money and then backed out. And it really makes you think, how often have I avoided the worst case scenario? Now, obviously those people know it now, but there's a lot of times that you don't know it. Uh, th there's been countless times as my wife and I have traveled that, oh, if we had been maybe 10 minutes further down the road on our travel, we could have been in the major accident that we're passing right now. And it's really a bad one. And people lost their lives. Boy, how many times have you avoided that worst case scenario? And it just... That also tells me you got to be able to think for yourself. And I'm not talking about thinking independent of God. I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, about that Ocean Gate had a pretty good spiel, and it looks like they can be very persuasive. Okay. Pretty cool thing they're doing. All right. And, but you got to do your own research. And a number of the people that backed out did their own research. And it's like, I don't like what I'm seeing here. Uh, I'm going to back out of that. Because it's, it's easy to be brought in by a pretty charismatic presentation. And, and there's nothing wrong with people that have a very outgoing personality. And they're very excited about what they're doing. And they want to share that with you. And they want you involved. Nothing wrong with that. But you got to be able to sort out the presentation from reality. 
and there's a number of people that did that. The same, we, we got a, I mean, the world out there is a very persuasive world, okay? Satan, when he comes in the garden, tells Eve, oh, life, you eat of that fruit, and it's only going to be good stuff. You could be like God. You can know good and evil, et cetera. You could be right there like God. You could be equal with God. That's a very persuasive presentation. But you need to go back and say like, hey, Adam, what do you think about this? And, you know, we know God can be trusted because he created us. Something about this doesn't smell, smell right. This doesn't sound right. So it's there's something else. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't trust this. There's nothing wrong with saying, this makes me uncomfortable. This scares me. There are things that should scare us. Um, courage, courage can also be the courage not to do it. Okay. The courage not to do it. The courage to opt out and say, no, I'm not going to do that. That, 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 that's, that's wisdom too. Knowing what you should avoid. There are risks that we need to take as a Christian, like in sharing the gospel with people and standing for truth. Okay, those are the risks that we need to take. But it's not cowardice to say, no, I really don't want to go in that vessel that's been untested to 12,500 feet. No, not interested in that. That makes me nervous. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not willing to take that risk. That's not cowardice. Now and then when something happens, like in this event, it just reminded me that in certain areas, as a world, we are not as technologically advanced as I thought they were, as I thought we were in a specific area. My wife and I are always amazed by cell phone dead zones, which are not always out in the middle of nowhere. There are places we drive and we see houses all over the place and there's no cell signal. We're like, well, how do people get cell service here? We stayed with a wonderful couple outside of Monticello, Florida, and that's not out in the middle of nowhere. Major, major highway in front of their house that people are driving, coming down all day long from Alabama down to the panhandle to put their boat in the Gulf all day long, people coming down. And yet they have no cell signal there or Wi-Fi. And they're not out in the middle of nowhere. And so I'm always surprised by things like that. Like, uh, weren't we supposed to be by this time in cars that were flying? <laughs> okay. And so I don't know about you, but I was surprised to discover that even in 2023, the number of vessels in the entire world which can go to the depth where the Titanic sits, 12,500 feet, is like a handful, if that. And I'm not talking about even a full hand. I was just, I was just shocked to find out that even our nuclear submarines cannot go even close to that depth. I guess it's somewhat classified how far they can go but I'm told they can't go anywhere near um, 12,500 feet. And guess what? The ocean gets a lot deeper. The ocean gets like down to 35,000 feet. I just assumed that there were manned vessels out there all over the place, you know, <laughs> that could just, yeah, people in them going right down to the depth of Titanic, no problem. 
I just thought that was no longer a problem. And now to realize, no, and not all of that, but if you're in something in one of the handful of vessels that goes that far and something goes wrong, we not we don't we can't just necessarily go down and get you. And I think the reason I thought that we were farther ahead is back in the 60s, there was a Swiss designed Italian built deep diving research vessel. And it became the first crewed vessel to reach the bottom of Challenger Deep in the Mariana Trench, the deepest point in Earth's seabed. And I think they reached a depth of 35,814 feet. And that was back in 1960. And I think I probably stumbled upon an old issue of National Geographic that dealt with that. And I think that was... And of course, that was, it was taken out of service in 66, and it's been in the National Museum in the United States Navy in Washington, D.C. And it's like, well, in, in 1960, if we had people in a vessel that was able to go down the 40, 35,000 feet, then certainly we got all sorts of them lying around now. And it's kind of interesting, like, no, we don't. We got some unmanned stuff that can do that. But wow, we were not we were not as far as ahead as I thought we were in that specific area. And I guess what that does is that maybe it just kind of humbles us like, oh, there's a lot of this world that we don't know about yet. Oh, we haven't solved all our own problems. Oh, we're not the master of own fate. Uh, technology is not going to save us. Yeah, it looks like we still need God with all this technology. I. I I think the internet has given us a false sense of human progress. That, that's what I would say. I think the cell phones and laptops and the internet, I think, gave us a false sense that in the 80s and 90s, it was like we stepped on the moon and we, we took this huge step. And, well, the reality is that cell phones and the internet I understand their productive uses, but it also opened up a world of darkness and it's destroyed a lot of people at the same time. We're not better people because of cell phones and the internet. I was also struck how the um, head of Ocean Gate did not want 50 year old experienced men working for him. They, they're not interesting enough or he thought that they would not connect with the young kids. I tell you what, when I take in my Airstream or my Toyota for service, I am praying that someone 50 and older is my service advisor. And especially for the men working on my vehicle, I feel very good when I see a 50 and older mechanic working on my vehicle versus someone 20. Just because of the experience. Just because that 50 year old is from a generation that understood some things like customer service, was probably taught a little bit differently, probably had to go through a more rigorous program, uh, had to really fight for that job rather than like, hey, we need techs, we need techs, we need techs. Really had to work his way in. The same thing is true for well-run RV parks across the nation are those where 50-year-old men and older are in golf carts taking care of business. Then, 
there is the whole discussion on the risk taking of the business. Um, they're, they're just thought, you've probably seen the quote that excessive safety protocols hinder innovation. And I mean, there, there's an element of that. There's an element of that where, yeah, that there might be some government regulations that, man, do we really need that? Got to be careful with that, though. Okay. Got to be careful with that. Um, I know there's a need to take risk to get things done. I guess my thought would be is that, okay, if you're going to do that, you take the risk yourself and don't invite the public to come on. You, you, you get things ironed out before you allow the public to come on board. All right. You, 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 you might, if we, we could say, okay, you can gamble with your own life, but don't gamble with the lives of others. How about, how about putting it that way? But there's also an element there. I know there are a number of people that feel that biblical rules and biblical regulations get in the way of human progress. And I would argue, no, it's actually the reverse. Ignoring God's rules for marriage or morality, etc., that gets in the world of your own personal growth. That gets in the way of your own personal growth. When it comes to your soul, only follow what you know is true. And that is what's in the Bible. Innovation, innovation in the Bible, that is innovation in doctrine and innovation when people want to change the morality. Leviticus 10, 1 through 3, 2 Samuel 6, 1 Samuel 15. Innovation has a horrible track record in scripture. Sacrifice of Cain, Genesis 4, or 2 John 9. He who goes too far does not abide in the teaching of Christ. That is, the rules and the regs Jesus laid down does not have God. Okay, the, you know, you're, you're working on some little project, not going to hurt anybody. Go ahead, innovate. God's not in the innovation when it comes to how to be worshipped, morality, what makes a marriage work, what's true. Okay? Be careful there. This is Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Until next time, see you in the funny papers.